0: So, community forum time, Th- these are, for those that are not familiar, these are very uh, f- free flowing conversations about anything that's happening in the Tesla, Elon world. And uh, in the comment section, definitely add your commentary, questions, comments, whatever you think, uh, whatever you want to add to the conversation. And then uh, we'll use the, the panel to drive a bunch of different discussions. Maybe we'll have. Um, since we haven't had Andreas on for a little bit, did you want to kick us off with sort of what was front of mind in, in your head and then we'll take it from there and see where the conversation goes? How does that sound?
1: Wow, okay, uh, yeah, so sure. Um, I wasn't quite, <laughs> quite expecting to be thrown in the deep end and I haven't been on for a while. Um, and, and as I was mentioning earlier, that um, it's it, yeah, easy to fall into the trap of feeling the imposter syndrome because um whilst um i only did this because i knew
2: you said that <laughs> yeah well there you go yeah th-
1: thanks for that really yeah
2: <laughs> um, we punish vulnerability here yes Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: so it true. doesn't break you it makes you stronger right? Yeah. Um, That's right um so so uh yeah i've lost my train of thought now uh for so but, yeah um Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, okay, just to pick up on that point, it's interesting because in other forums, there's no question that, yeah, like, I can hold my own having a Tesla discussion, whereas amongst this forum, you know, and especially including the comments and whoever's listening, it's very easy and justifiable, perhaps, to feel the imposter syndrome, Um, so so whilst... um, uh, yeah well you know I feel like the respect of the community right you you've got to really respect the community and you've got to take what you say quite responsibly and and be very thoughtful about it so um that is uh yeah that, that I suppose that's what one point I'd want to make um I know for you mentioned let's keep today uh, uh very much impromptu let's not do too much preparation um, that led me to think through some preparation though and uh, <laughs> uh, and and uh, what I was thinking about <laughs> is a topic that we'd mentioned you and I had mentioned before in the past which is how do you um how do you stay objective and you know being being a Tesla fan you listen to uh, obviously it's very easy to get all the Tesla news and, and and the bull case but how do you stay objective and how do you um listen to the bear case and my my thinking's evolved quite a lot around that and In many respects, I've come to the conclusion that I'm less interested in the bear case from third parties because I think it's very difficult to find credible sources that provide a bear case. In fact, it's probably easier to work out the bear case amongst the community itself, amongst the experts itself. I think we're in a much better position to understand the vulnerabilities and the risks within Tesla than relying on actually less informed individuals and as long as we put the right hat on and we, we try and detach ourselves and put ourselves in the right space we we can actually do a much better job around thinking through both sides of the fence right um, and I was just thinking it'd be a nice thought exercise or a nice exercise to, to go through where someone perhaps one of us plays devil or, or collectively plays devil advocate and and tries to flesh out the the bear case and we have a discussion around each specific point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so almost like a simulated discussion uh, uh, around that. I love so, that. So that was a thought. Um, uh, yeah, well, let me let me pause there.
0: I love that. So so we're all going to put our Tesla bear hats on, knowing what we know about the company, and see if we can. Uh, come to a situation where we identify the true bear cases or the true bear talking points that would really apply to Tesla versus what the Tesla self proclaimed Tesla bears are actually mm-hmm. throwing out there today. I just want to understand that's that's the exercise we're going to go through. So, what you're proposing? It's a thought. It's a okay. thought. I love it. Just
1: throwing, throwing it yeah. out
0: there. I love it. So, th- what, what comes to mind immediately is the the, the real t- bear talking points, I think, are are not really... Like, I'm trying to separate tex- Tesla execution and macro, right? So, and and the one thing I'm really trying to... And then put that within the context of, are we talking about long-term price targets? Are we talking about short-term price targets? So, to me, the the, the real bear talking points, in my opinion, I'm obviously, let's open this up to the entire panel, where my head goes is... uh. China relationships is one potential bear point that we have to talk about. Uh Elon's health is another one. Um those are the two that are coming to mind right now and i keep thinking through it. Does anyone else have any any thoughts?
3: I I Yeah, some. if you mention China, oh, go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Yeah, if you mention China, we also have to mention Germany because uh, Germany has a tough winter ahead being cut off possibly from uh, mm-hmm. gas from Russia and it might really reflect badly on, on Giga Berlin.
2: And then, yeah, 4680 ramp is definitely, you know, I would I would think of it instead of bear case, just like an honest SWOT assessment, like what are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats for Tesla right now? And then, you know, I totally agree with you, Andres, as far as it's hard to find people who are in the quote unquote bear community who can give you an honest objective assessment of that because they, they either don't look at the data authentically or they come with some preconceived uh, understandings that make them unable to interpret the data in front of them. Um, and so, yeah, you almost do have to have to do that from inside the community, but thankfully, you know, we really do have some great community resources, um, who are good at objectively looking at the data. And so, you know, first and foremost would be Rob, like he's so fair minded about the way that he analyzes the data Tesla and tracks the news. Um, So I feel like that is a huge win for the community. And then, you know, the other one that comes to mind is Gary black that, you know, he's gonna be someone who tempers a lot of the hyper cases. cases. Um, you know, he's gonna jump in Farzad's thread and tell him that he's uh, detached from reality real
0: quick. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if y'all saw that. Let me uh, actually put that up because that was uh, hilarious thing that happened. But um, I, I started the uh, the form here. So you, you proposed cool. a SWOT analysis, Hans. So strengths are weaknesses, opportunities. Yeah, Facade, nice. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so China, Elon's health was another one. Germany was another one, right? Cuba that you mentioned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about Twitter? How do we think about Twitter? Is you you could put it under like sale.
2: <sighs> it's yeah. an opportunity. It might also be a threat.
0: <laughs> Very double-edged.
3: Yeah, but I think after the last sale, it's it should be like less pro less important. Hopefully.
1: And so, so from my side, um, yeah, like I, I'm generally less concerned about short-term stuff, right? Like, like to me, it's more around the existential, existential longer-term threats that I'm concerned with. That yeah, are either existential in nature or would result in a very subdued uh, Tesla right um, that that's not going to 5x 10x 50x and so from um, for, for my side I like I, I often think about market saturation um, or limitation in that for example, just practical things like charging space uh, like for me it's obvious we've got a double garage we can charge at home. But I, I don't know what happens to sales when um, you, you know the early adopters that where charging is not an issue uh, don't have you, you know need to rely on superchargers or charging at work and so on. So so there's a question mark for me around and and cut. So so it's kind of limitations around market penetration, right? Other other components of that would be. Um, and again, I can argue against all these points, but let's put them in. The, the other one would be the product range, right? Um, is there a point where, where you, you know people mm-hmm. do look for more variety and so on? Um, the uh, the long tail on FSD. So so is there a risk that yeah, FSD will mm-hmm. get to ninety eight percent, but won't really be go beyond level three or four? because of that long tail and um, rolling it out to other regions, et cetera, it's just going to take way too long.
2: I would call that Uh, FSD March of Nines. Yeah.
0: Okay. It, do we think IFSC is an opportunity as well, or do, should we just treat it as specifically as a Yeah, uh,
2: yeah definitely uh, definitely an opportunity. And I would say even, even if they can't fully complete the March of Nines, there's still a lot of upside opportunity in very valuable products that mm-hmm. they can capture revenue from.
0: And then there was a uh, Andreas. You made also a point about Marcus uh, potential, market saturation, and the range of products. Do I have this sort of identified yeah, correctly think, on I here? I
1: think my, yeah, call it early or premature market saturation, maybe um, due to a range of uh, of potential factors, right?
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So that, and then I think the last one, uh, I am the last one, but certainly one more I would add is. Um, you know so failing to scale the energy business right for for a host of reasons right um whether those are kind of technical in nature like um you know the solar roof uh, practicalities of of scaling that or whether it's just it, it it can become a very commoditized play so we we you know certainly here in South Africa we're seeing um a whole bunch of Chinese manufacturers Sunsync being a dominant one that is just taking the market by storm because they got pretty decent software, decent apis, very well priced and um, so that's it's not obvious to me how you can scale the energy business and not it's not obvious but, and do so at a decent margin, right So there's a margin threat and there's a scaling. Uh, a technical ability to scale through it.
2: And then a lot of people in the chat are mentioning materials as one. Yep. Yep,
0: Yep. so this is lithium, nickel, all the different raw materials, right? Yeah. For the batteries specifically. There's actually, we might be uh, building out uh, the the best crowdsourced uh, bull, like bear sort of like, you know, just a SWOT analysis of the company, as we go through this document in the comment sections uh, definitely throw stuff out there that you think should apply to one of these things right now we're focusing on weaknesses and opportunities i think mostly and i think we should start there because we can all probably rattle off the mm-hmm. strengths <laughs> from the top <laughs> of our easily mind when we're sleeping so and weaknesses as well um how do you guys think about service like uh uh the service network for tesla I wouldn't put it as a strength. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I heard strength and weakness. What, what are we saying?
2: No, i say it's not, I wouldn't put it as a strength.
0: Yeah, I would say maybe an opportunity because I don't know
2: that I would call it a weakness, but um, uh, to, I mean, so to it, me, it's, it's, I agree. It's an opportunity.
1: I think it's a short-term, maybe it's a short-term weakness, Um. But but long-term, I'd say it's an opportunity because, yeah, and we can get into why, but yeah.
2: Yeah, we've danced around it a bit, but let's just um, make it tangible that this is a long-term SWAT that we're not going to okay. worry too too much about
3: short-term.
0: Yeah. Things. So I did hear. I did hear Cuba say it's a weakness. Why? Why do you think it's a weakness?
3: Well, I'm I'm looking for anything that I can call a weakness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Service was the first thing that came to mind. Be objective. To
1: be <laughs> Well, let, let let let's try and uh, just quickly put that to rest. Whether my my view is this, I think everyone will 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 struggle with service. Um, it's new product line, new skills, mm-hmm. new. So so yeah. I think the existing. So so I rate service in relation to what the other OEMs would be doing as electric ramps up. I think Tesla will inherently be ahead of the curve, but importantly, my view is because of their philosophy to not make money off service they will um, innovate in that space um, in a way where they will drastically minimize service mm. costs. And their tight integration will help them innovate in that yep. space, right? They will easily analyze service issues and make mm-hmm. uh, changes throughout uh, as upstream as necessary to, to, to mitigate them. So, so in the long term, I'd say it's a massive opportunity. In in the work in the short term, yeah, we we know there are varying degrees of issues around that. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm curious for y'all who are both international, like what does Tesla service experience internationally, and from your sense of things, how would you compare that to, you know, some place like California where it's much more uh, saturated.
1: Kuba, we don't have cars here. We have power walls. I can comment on that. But do, do you have a view on the, uh, uh, on the perception yeah, it's of?
3: not great because of uh, scarcity in terms of the scarcity of Tesla resources because we have one uh, service center for a country of 35 million people. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, it's quite close to me, so I'm not complaining. And we have one mobile technician who recently visited wow. me. And he happens to live in the same city, so I'm <laughs> lucky. But he's supposed to travel all around the country, which is like, wow, I don't know, 600 miles, then 600 miles more or less a square. Uh, so it's tough. It's it's tough because it's suddenly under investment, and Poland is not a priority market for them yet. And we also see that with superchargers,
0: which mm-hmm. is quite
3: uh, not certainly not a lot. And this summer, traveling in Poland with an electric car is a pain because there's huge queues at the at
1: the chargers. Yeah. And I posted, the uh, plan, we, we, we don't have the vehicles haven't launched in South Africa. It will be a while before that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have power walls. There's not that many. There is some local Tesla presence, but generally support is done remotely and largely out of the Netherlands. Um, and it's done through installers, right? So mm-hmm. to, to, to be honest, um, it's inconsistent, right? It 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 it's very much still so like service and support. If you need support, is largely a function of the quality of your installer. More than so, so Tesla has less control over over that, and they they obviously try not to deal with end consumers because that's not the model and it's not scalable for them on the powerwall side. And um, so so you'd get inconsistent service depending mm-hmm. on how good your installers are.
3: Actually, on that on that front, I think that might be a bit of a risk in the future because uh, as you scale internationally, you choose the biggest countries. And then what is left is the smaller countries, and you have a bunch of smaller countries where you have to put mm-hmm. a lot of effort, but there is not that many potential consumers. Uh, so it, it doesn't scale that well once you want to go for the rest of the world. So I'm thinking, for example, in Europe. and yes. Central Europe, you will have a lot of small mm-hmm. countries where I'm sure you have to put a lot of effort to to comply with regulations and set up presence there and uh, and it turns out there's only a couple of million people in each country right
2: yeah yeah definitely so, a pareto distribution of effort versus return on
0: effort and sorry this is this is pertaining to to service specifically i'm i'm sorry i may have missed a to- was it's not only
3: around? service, but uh, well, I, I, I would um, shift probably it just to infrastructure.
0: Further expansion
3: of, uh, you know, with sales. Uh, with okay. Electric cars, mostly, I think. Yeah, but okay. Maybe it won't be necessary in the uh, in the mm-hmm. near future. Maybe it's a distant, more distant uh, issue. Did you the, see
2: Bill had put a thread about uh, fatalities on FSD? Yeah.
1: Exactly. I, I I also think it's something should be that should be included. Um, so it's, it's brand damage and due to FSD fatalities. Yeah.
0: Yep. That's a good one. Uh, there were a couple other ones that were uh, thrown out in the comments, which I thought were great. Uh, supercharger amenities, I think, uh, is an opportunity for mm. sure. Like restaurants mm-hmm. and whatever else they could add as a supplement to uh, the supercharger. Let me make sure I give credit to the. Person that uh, threw this out here. I did have it up uh, yeah. earlier. Sorry, I, I forget who it was. I can't find it on the comments. Roll up, My trash bad.
2: can pools. <laughs>
0: uh, unionization was another one as well um, that that was brought up as a potential threat. Yeah. So Agreed. the unionization yeah. of workforce. You guys agree with that? Yeah. 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 That was a really good one. Uh, FSD fatalities, which we just talked about. And then uh, as far as you guys were talking about infrastructure buildup being a potential risk, is that something one identify here in some way? How, or is that just more a, a point of discussion?
2: I mean, it's almost as much an opportunity as it is a threat. I would say it's probably opportunity, just global, global expansion. So
0: how scaling. does that, um, is that a something that they do as an opportunity to grow the business or is that part is that a necessary step they have to do to to grow oh i I guess it kind of goes hand in hand doesn't it yeah okay okay
1: the the threat for me there is regulation as a uh counter to as as an inhibitor to the expansion rate Mm -hmm. both on the factory side as and especially on the raw material side right which we, we we know is a it's mm-hmm. a major factor. So, um, and it seems that at this point, regulation is not necessarily even getting easier. Right? It 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 could be getting worse. It depends. I don't know. I think I think yeah. up in the air. And and ironically, that you know, the Green Brigade is perhaps contributing to that. But is is it in Chile where they've made it more onerous to um, I think start up lithium mines? I think they've they've been discussing regulation that makes mm-hmm. it more onerous for environmental fat reasons and so on.
0: There was somebody that threw out regu- regulatory interference as the point is, does that kind of catch that umbrella? You think just regulators just stepping in and just screwing stuff up anywhere? Or do we want to get more specific?
3: Yeah, I think it makes sense because it's mul- multiple fronts, mm-hmm. right? So it's as yeah. Andreas mentioned on the, on the raw materials side, also on the energy side, on the FSD side, certainly. Even That's insurance, yeah.
0: Okay. All right, I'm reading through the comments here. There was a quick super chat here, Gary. Thank you so much for the five dollars super chat. Um, it looks like the question's off topic, so maybe we'll take a second to uh, to answer it, but. Uh, You guys obviously don't have to super chat, but if you are super chatting, uh, if you can keep it to the topics discussed would be awesome. Uh, Anything on lobbying FCC to prevent DISH from hoarding 12G channels and there from killing Starlink. Um, I'm not well versed enough in this, but... um the way i think about that is elon knows how to navigate these sort of uh, environments and if he wants Starlink to work properly he'll figure it out so i don't know if you guys have any other thoughts around that but that's how i think about I, I think for starlink and for
1: spacex it i it's not, i don't think it's an mm-hmm. existential risk but it can be an inhibitor um i, I suspect that affects the u.s market only so it's, it's not all of Starlink. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect um i mean I, I think it can be an inhibitor I don't think it's an existential issue for space for SpaceX. Um you know I'm pretty sure like Starlink is raises funding right for or you know for for SpaceX to allow them to move faster. I think he would find funding mm-hmm. even if Starlink wasn't um a, a big contributor, but um it could slow things down, make things more painful.
2: One of my just Very high level um, impressions of that situation is that that upset a lot of different Apple carts, not just Starlink and uh, SpaceX. So I know that companies like uh, Amazon were also impacted by this. And I think that the number of players who are arrayed against DISH network in this is much larger than DISH and the likelihood that they can overcome uh, or lobby the government to successfully take that bandwidth is, is low.
0: Um, real quick, I'm fleshing out some of the points under the threats. So for China, we're talking specifically about the China-US relations souring, right? When, we, when we're thinking about that threat mm-hmm. and how it impacts um, the gigafactory there. Kuba, you mentioned Germany, I, I just want to make sure I fully understand. So how is Germany specifically a, a threat to, to Tesla? Uh,
3: yeah, the, the risk is that uh, uh, with the war in Ukraine, uh, Russia might block uh, resources, specifically natural gas, and Germany is the, the biggest user. And yeah, so they are preparing for some pretty bad scenarios in the, in the winter. Well, if the gas stops flowing, and st- they'll certainly one of the steps they'll have to take is to stop industry, and possibly I think they'll first stop Giga Berlin before stopping Mercedes or BMW factories. Got it.
0: Okay, thanks for that.
1: Um, so I can I can see the, the that being a risk for sure. Um, it, it would be short term though, presumably, right, rather mm-hmm. than a, a long term. Yeah.
3: System. But what you can have is you can have a double whammy because you can have a deterioration of China-U.S. relationship at the same yes. time, and then you end up with good. just two domestic factories. Yeah. that's uh, good. Yeah. That would be really yeah, it bad. Yeah, could
1: be a yeah a catalyst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think that's a good point. The, I think these things can become more significant mm-hmm. if they compound or they happen simultaneously. Like any one of these in isolation, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd worry about. But if two or yeah. three or four and then mm-hmm. the share price gets knocked and then it affects stock options and it, it you, you know makes Tesla more vulnerable so, so there can be a vicious cycle that gets. Uh, hey, created.
2: I would love the fleet hack to be a, Problem that we really need to seriously worry about because that means that we are in an era of massive profitability that um, we'll be able to okay. fund any any fleet hack mitigation strategies that need to occur.
0: Is that is that almost too far reaching, or do you think it's a legitimate long term?
2: Uh, yeah, threat? I think it's a legitimate long term threat. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. I. I
1: yeah. I. I mean again I don't think it's existential but I think it is yeah I think the likelihood of that is is quite high I think the impact can vary depending on mm-hmm. uh, uh, on severity and and so on so I think that's a really good point the the, the one I would add for is it's a bit weird but it's like I think the likelihood's low but but it's not unfeasible it's like a a large scale coordinated effort last last effort from the remaining players in in the oil industry, in the vehicle industry to to, to collude and get together and mm-hmm. fund a massive attack on, on Tesla, right? Uh, at a scale that's significantly larger than we've seen now, right? I, I mean, the likelihood that they can get their act together to do this on a large scale is it's very small, but desperation might, might lead to that, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that speak Rodman brought up a basically a similar point in the chat. And when you think about it just in terms of the oil industry and companies currently being disrupted, it's more isolated. But as Tesla continues to grow and expand the markets that they're disrupting, you know, that pool of the disrupted grows and grows as well. And so now you see people like Dan O'Dowd and, uh, you know, people in the software space who are also feeling this competitive threat. And so I, I do expect for this pool of um, basically Fudsters to continue to to grow linearly with Tesla's product growth.
0: Got it. What else? Uh, somebody brought up Boring Tunnels using designated FSC Tesla as an opportunity. Um, how, what do we think about Boring Tunnel and or Boring Company and Tesla coming together?
2: Yeah, definitely an opportunity. Um, you know, many have put forward the idea that that will be the first place that we really see the Tesla network operating on a full, full self-driving robo-taxi. Network, um, I think that's possible, uh, it, but the you also have to take into account how fast the boring company tu- the boring company is able to scale the number of tunnels that they have, and right now that's still pretty slow. So, uh, but long term, it's definitely a huge opportunity.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I have I'm an seeing issue a lot of opportunities Tesla, coming. That's... Sorry, Kuba, go
3: ahead. <laughs> I have an issue with Tesla that's bothering me a little bit, What's but... Possibly not huge because it can be rectified quickly. This is a completely ignoring V2G, vehicle to grid, which I think is, a, is the future. And it it frustrates me that I have uh, at home over 120 kilowatt hours of battery, and I cannot use it to power my home. Uh, and I see that with the entrance of like you know the F-150 Lightning, mm-hmm. it might now hit mainstream. And I'm hoping that this would cause Tesla to reverse course on that. Because it just wasted uh, wasted resources, and it's not like uh, Tesla to and Elon to tolerate that.
1: Yeah, that's a very Apple-like move, I think, that what they've done there. Right? It's like, well, if, yeah. if you want that feature, buy buy another product. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I and I agree. Like, like I've heard Elon's view on that, and he's saying, well, it's a different use case, have a different product for it. But to your point, Cuba, like you got 120 kilowatt hours you probably consume mm-hmm. your 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 house consumes 20 kilowatt hours in a day so that's that's like what 10 percent of your oh, well okay you know maybe 15% of your battery mm-hmm. um, just to to give you backup for one day it's it's yeah. when you need it so it, it, it does make, it, you know the option value as a consumer of that would be significant, but
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially, yeah, even just for emergencies, that would be huge. I don't have yeah. to plug it in every day, but I'll exactly. be good to have that yeah. peace of mind. We have the complicated yeah. geopolitical situation. That's it would be really <laughs> welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do,
1: do, does anyone know if they can enable that through software, yeah. or does it require changes <clears throat> to their inverter system and so on? <sighs> i
2: i remember
3: that there was some discussion that it's a hardware thing in the in the plug at
2: least in the older ones i don't know if they've updated that for newer models but yeah that's what i'm remembering as well okay
3: certainly in case of ccs because i don't think in in europe because i don't think ccs is ready yet for for two-directional transfer Uh,
1: i i have to ask you guys uh, a, a absurd question, but but and without it's it's just purely a thought exercise without being judged on my morality. But let, let's say you you set up a platform under the guise that you will be conducting a large scale FUD effort. And so you set up a platform to to, to receive funding uh, in order to uh, do exactly what that last point <laughs> says, but you then end up using that money in reverse, <laughs> right?
0: Would, would that be unethical? <laughs> uh, s- some would say no. <laughs> uh, given the nature of of what those dollars will be put. That's a brilliant idea. Man. Could you imagine? And, and the exposure. And then you would be able to expose who are the people that are willing to put up the <laughs> money well, to do yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> right? Who's got the balls in the comment section to do that? oh my god that would be incredible
2: it reminds me of the what was the the website that um people used to go to to have affairs that they think was the honeypot of you know all the uh, yeah. cheaters they that got hacked, hacked. Yeah, 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 yeah and all those people got exposed
0: yeah that would be amazing uh real quick i i, in, I ended the poll uh that was published uh, earlier I was asking if um Tesla service is a weakness. Fifty-four percent in the in the chat said yes, so I, I listed it as a weakness because the majority uh sort of ruled that it was. Um, what do you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, well, maybe what we can. I mean, once once we feel we've exhausted this, maybe this again just thought exercise, we can pick one or two, and we we debate them. So so uh, you, you know someone. Okay argues against, someone argues for, and then we we'll see if we can flesh it out. I don't know, I mean, I don't know if that will work. But yeah. It, it's a thought. We can definitely
0: try that. And then in the comment section too, cause I am seeing a lot of opportunities and like strengths come through. Let's see yep. if we can focus on weaknesses and threats exclusively. And I know it's, it's hard cause like literally I'm like already going like strength and opportunities, but see, see if we can all, so really, really focus specifically on what Tesla, uh is either weak at right now or what things could disrupt ie threats could um really impact tesla and and try really really hard we're really trying to we're trying to we're trying to be the best tesla bears on the internet because uh we don't think that the current bears are doing that good of a job of highlighting actual bear arguments against tesla so um definitely sit down and see if you can come up Mm -hmm. with threats that are not already listed on the sheet
2: Yeah, one of the questions I have for you all is like, how do you, uh, what's your sense of Tesla's ability to work with regulators in a non-antagonistic way? And is that a weakness?
1: Well, my sense, Hans, is pure speculation is that behind the scenes, they work with regulators in a very constructive way. Uh, I think the way Elon at times can uh, come across on Twitter okay, can be uh, can appear, but but not always. I think I think he showed respect as well for regulators. But my understanding is behind the scenes, they 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 work very well with regulators, taking the lead, giving them the information they need in order to make the best decisions. Right? That's that's my feeling. Uh, it's hard to see practically what's happening there, but but I think they, they, they work well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's got a more informed opinion.
3: That's what it seems like from the effects that they've been able to get on, on the regulatory front. It's not been terrible, certainly. So <laughs> they seem to know how to do it.
0: There is an interesting point here. Um, no competition exists. I Do you think this is a weakness, that there's a lack of competition, which means that yeah. Tesla could go even faster? How do you guys think yeah. about that?
1: I think that's such a good point, actually, because in the absence of competition or being so far ahead of competition, it goes back to how much is the business's uh, ability to innovate driven by Elon and how quickly would complacency sit in if... He's not driving it, given the fact that there is such low competition, actually. It's a very good perspective that, actually.
2: I think that goes back to mission, that, you know, he's done a very good job of installing that sense of urgency that is mission-based, not threat-based. That, you know, the threat is just an existential global threat. It's not, hey, my competitor's coming to take my lunch money
1: yeah so tesla q is right man Uh, the competition is a
0: problem (laughs) for the wrong reason (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's It's ironic maybe they've made it like this the the whole time we're just you know misunderstanding them that this is like this is what we mean when there's no when there's you know competition is a problem um This is an interesting one. People are buying and immediately reselling Tesla's at a premium, Tesla's losing that money, being manipulated, short-term weakness. Yeah, we're, we're focusing on long-term, um, on long-term uh, swats. So let's let's see if we can come up with ones like say five, 10 years down the road, or like a legitimate, uh, the, even three years down the road, uh, or even two years down the road, yeah.
2: Um, the biggest thing that we haven't really spoken to directly, we've talked about some specific things, but is that just macro environment risk that I think um, it was Freeberg who talked about it in last week's all in podcast. Like there's so many little bitty risks all over the place. And you know, the, the likelihood of any one of those things happening is not very high, but then in aggregate, when you have so many of them, the likelihood that one or two or three of them will, actually occur and then with the way that everything is so interconnected, the cascading effects of any one or two or three of those macro risks um, it is pretty significant. And that's kind of the the place that we're in that we've had a system that has just building up, has been building up systemic risk in the globalized world order um, that, yeah, you can get things like the food, crisis that's going to really become more and more and more of a problem over the next few months, what does that set off? Um, What kind of instability does that create? And then how does that cascade through a global supply chain?
3: Got it.
0: So something like compounding macro risks, I guess, is that the best? way Yeah. I
2: mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we've been in, in an era of globalization, you know, we outsource so many critical things for infrastructure and every, every country does this. So there are very few countries that are self-sufficient enough to where they don't severely depend on other economies, other nations, other suppliers, and then when that supply then gets disrupted, it it really can create not just a problem, but as we've seen throughout the past two years, a cascading series of problems that is really hard to predict the outcome of or the severity of.
0: Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, The,
1: The other issue that's come from the comments and actually ties into that, well, depending on the timeframes, is, is, yeah, w- what happens if Optimus is successful and threatens job security and that can catalyze massive political movements um, against Tesla, right? So, again, if that's not managed carefully, um, it, it could create the same effect as FST the fatalities would have but at maybe even
0: at a much uh much larger scale i would even lump fsd in that as well because yeah. you know uh, a lot of people drive for yeah. a living and if yeah. a robot's doing it at a tenth of a price and all those drivers get put out of work truck drivers yeah. truck drivers Isn't is one the of the most
1: industry the largest uh single employer in the u.s right yeah four million five
0: million or something something like yeah, that nice. i don't know exactly Truckers, drivers, et a lot of jobs, a lot of jobs. Um, yeah, what else?
3: It's a bit. Tough By the way, this cheap, is a great
0: exercise, Andreas. This is like <laughs> such, that was such a good idea, such a good idea. We'll make this like known. Like we'll just share this document to everybody, and the bears yeah, can actually build Twitter, a freaking yeah. model. I
1: mean, what 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 yeah. would be nice is to put this on a platform like a Reddit platform or somewhere you can. Where there can be discussion around each point, and things can be upvoted, and so each point can be fleshed out, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that that to me would be a nice. So it forms the the starting point for more in-depth discussions on each mm-hmm. on each one. Yeah, um, is it a weakness that Testnet, it, it goes back to PR, but the weakness is. They don't get recognized for the good that they are doing. Lives saved by FSD, um, uh, CO2 emissions saved, um, and so it's it's I suppose it a the imbalance of, of of good news versus the bad news, and the fact that there's you know money being spent on the funding the bad news, but that there isn't um, a counterbalance. Yeah, I suppose it's lack of PR. Yeah, it's a take on
0: that. Correct. So so um, uh, not being able to maximize positive stories of Tesla right yeah like safety and yeah
1: yeah and yeah stories and and more so yeah exactly mm-hmm. the the systemic good that it's doing
2: it's almost like an audience arbitrage because there are people who are profoundly affected by this and who share that but then maybe they're they don't have the reach of being able to share that message that. Then creates opportunities, you know, in the in the presence of FUD, for that stuff to just get drowned out or not to get uh, not to get the recognition or the the reach that it needs.
0: This one's a really interesting one. Tesla loses their mission focus, and somebody else brought it up earlier where the culture is going to be harder to maintain as it gets bigger. I think that's a really good point. I think that's a yeah. really good point. Yeah, I think
1: maintaining culture so size complexity and mission dilution resulting in culture um dissipation right
2: i think i don't know if i would call it a threat but something just that i want to continue to observe over time is do they continue to maintain their pace of innovation or do they begin to slow down and act more like because i think that's the you know one of the metrics that you can use to tell is the culture still what it needs to be is are they slowing down and acting more like the rest of their competition or are they continuing to move at tesla speed
1: yeah i I mean here's a question around that Hans, which i uh, You see, the question is: Would they go the is 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 the natural course that they'd go the Apple route, where Apple innovated in the early days, but you know established enough presence, reputation, quality, and now don't really innovate in terms of they're not on the forefront of new features, but are really good at building in refined uh, refined improvements across the ecosystem, right? And so is it a case where Tesla won't need to be the first or innovate in terms of like, you you know, these major new things, but can actually lag behind, but just do things really well because they've got an established market share and footprint and and all that. Apple.
2: (coughs) Yeah, maybe eventually. I mean, that, that seems like so far away from now, like there's so many product innovations that we know are still in the pipeline that... Uh, I would think that you're talking at least a decade, if not more before you even begin to get to that point where you're not talking about a stage where they're just innovating on, on product and, and being at the forefront of leading everyone else.
0: Yeah. Any other threats or weaknesses? Chat panel.
3: It's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but when the old Tesla bots get sentient, that's going to be a bit of a threat <laughs> or an opportunity or basically a event horizon for us. A- Skynet.
0: We'll put that in bold because it could literally be the end yeah. of so. us <laughs> all.
2: Yep. I mean, it's scary. and. I guess the the thing that Elon has embraced is like, well, if it's going to happen, it needs to hopefully be led by the most conscientious actor possible. And I don't see anyone else out there who's really... Uh Really taking that seriously. Although I would say I've been pretty impressed with all the interviews that I've watched by the team over at DeepMind and the way that they're thinking about these things. Google as a whole, I don't know, but at least the DeepMind team, I think, really takes these questions seriously. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Let's see non-Tesla breakthroughs that disrupt Tesla products like newer energy innovations, would fusion help or hurt Tesla? What would we need solar panels in this scenario? Um, I don't know.
2: Prototypes are easy, production is hard. Like even if we get the breakthrough, you still have to scale up
1: yeah, but look I, I mean I think it is really worth considering whether it's fusion or even fission around a disruption um, I, I don't know if anyone listened to the interview with John Carmack and Lex Friedman right um, which is it was five hours 10 minutes or something it was it, it, it was an awesome interview actually it was absolutely awesome and but 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 John Carmack once, you know, in his sort of next uh, phase of his career choice, he ended up going and doing, he's doing you know, he's looking to do generalized AI, but he was considering uh, going down the vision route. I think it was because Mm -hmm. his feeling is exactly what SpaceX has done to rocketry can be done in, in the space of fusion or vision. And it, it is rife for disruption because it's had this very regulated, traditional, non-innovative way of doing things. And so maybe, you know, in the next five or so years, there will be major breakthroughs there that could, um, yeah, impact how energy is generated, and, you know, reduce reliance on, on solar and wind. <laughs>
2: In an event where that happens, um, you know, I think Tesla will still have very valuable insights in technology around the deployment. And movement of energy throughout a grid system, especially, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the specific opportunities that they were talking about were, but if you look at a more distributed, instead of having large scale fusion or fission reactors, if you're doing the smaller scale ones and you have a lot more of them distributed throughout your grid, you know, Tesla's infrastructure for deploying power from distributed battery systems is something that could still be applicable
3: and also if it's in a few years time then tesla will have so much money that they can jump in real quick and and push it forward themselves
0: there's an interesting yep. uh this one's an opportunity but i thought it was an interesting one educating engineers service and factory workers are collaborating with trade schools but could bring it internal and revolutionize mm-hmm. thank you patrick for the 5 dollar super yep. chat i think what's interesting there is you know i always talk about how revolutionary i thought tesla's approach of running a business was and the things that I learned in there, they could make that into into a class. Why not? You know?
2: And this is something I wondered about for, you know, I still wonder about it, I guess. Elon used to talk about how there's not a, you know, factory for good engineers and the fact that, you know, a lot of the they're growing and scaling, like they can only spend money as fast as they can put it to good use. And that is really gated by the amount of engineering talent that they have and, and the priorities of that team. So I'm, I've been a little bit surprised that we haven't seen more on this front, honestly.
0: Yeah. I think it's probably more like, um, yeah. it's a testament to how difficult it is to mm-hmm. do multiple things. Right. Cause it yep. seems like almost like a low hanger food in a way, but still difficult to do
2: all right i have to head out it's been fun um i'll catch the rest of this episode and catch up on where i left off uh this Sounds afternoon
0: good. thanks so, hans appreciate great. you coming thanks for on. having Thank me enjoyed care. it yep. yeah same thanks hans. if there's anybody in the patreon or youtube live community if you're uh or youtube community if you're on discord and you want to jump on and uh be our ringer uh send me a message on discord uh, and if you'd like to join us on these discussions i should use that as, as a plug join our patreon community or our youtube community thank you very much the the uh, andres kuba and um, and hans are all contributors and uh yeah it's one of the cool little perks that you get um so any other any other threats or opportunities that we want to hit uh, what what's been playing around in my mind is um just,
1: L- looking at a at a factory it doesn't have to be a factory but certainly that's that's the the most dominant thing right now is as a cybernetic system right and it it the, the idea that y- you have technology and you have humans interplaying and to to me it feels that tesla's got a different approach around it's it's not just a case of people and technology and, and technology helps people, but it's almost looking at it as a system where the system has to do certain things. Technologies making decisions and doing things, and people are a part of it. And whether it's a you know w- w- whether it's an algorithm or whether it's a human, it's almost like the mindset is the same thing. They just have different capabilities, right? So I, I know I'm not necessarily articulating this well, but. To me, it seems like it's a different philosophical way of designing a system and a complex system like a factory, and it does tie into the Joe Joe Justice stuff, right? As to um, you, you know, the, the digital tools that people help, help to, but it's it's almost yeah, like DSM, some, oh, the digital self management. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, digital. Yeah, but it's yeah, almost yeah. like. I mean, one has to be cautious how how you word it, but it's almost like humans and machines are equally important at, at this point, right? It's not like one over the other. And mm. you 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 say, okay, I'm trying to achieve x. do do I use a machine? Do I use a human? Do I use a combination of the two, right? and it's it's a whole philosophy of and it's interesting because like if you look at the definition of cybernetics in 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 from scientific form, it's um, getting machines and humans to collaborate with each other to 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 achieve an outcome, right? So, anyway, I could be going down a rabbit hole, but to me, it feels that that's going to be massive, and it talks to the idea of manufacturing being a competitive advantage. And I suspect mm-hmm. that that same principle will be brought into service,
0: right? So, so you're talking about this as an opportunity where this sort of combination of technologies or approaches yeah. can be very revolutionary. Like, it, yeah. So manufacturing will be an our advantage. How does it do that through that yeah. cybernetic collective? And okay, got yeah,
1: it. The, the, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Okay. I, 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 won't be offended if, 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 it's, if it sounds too esoteric or erratic. No,
0: I mean, I think, I think that's when, when Elon says, um, mm-hmm. Manufacturing will be Tesla's long-term advantage. I think this is specifically how it gets executed. It's high levels of automation, <clears throat> high levels of um, AI in the factory to try and predict things from happening, and yeah. then that assisting humans to do their jobs better. Yeah, you know, how else would you get better in manufacturing? How else would that become a gigantic competitive advantage long-term versus anybody else? Is you're leveraging technology. You know, yeah. You can humans can only do so much. It would have to be that combination of those two. Um. Come together for. Uh, so I think I guess maximization, maximization of man and <coughs> uh It's cybernetic. Uh, massive.
3: Yeah, it can even get to a point where it's a bit of a dystopian that the humans are just yeah. laborers that do what the they, AI tells them to improve. Exactly,
1: they they subservient to the machines, and they're just compensating for what machines aren't yeah. doing humans well. Humans
3: initially, and then Tesla bots. So humans not will not be needed in the end.
0: So it's almost like it's almost like a threat and opportunity at the same time. It kind of, I think, goes into the. Um, one point we made about tesla bot and massive work displacement i guess that's that already covers it right sort of Mm. like that one of the potential displacement as well yeah that's
3: what we have to
0: think about yeah
3: um
0: okay so we're almost an hour in thinking about weaknesses and threats how do you guys feel about this list and the comments section as well any anything else you all want to throw out or do we think this is a i mean what's what i find incredibly interesting about this? a whole discussion is that bears, like how many of these points do bears actually talk about?
1: Yeah, I I think that's exactly right. Yeah,
0: that's- You know, maybe this one? Yeah. That's a service. But even then it's not on the forefront, right? Right. This one we flipped on its head, (laughs) which is actually very, very funny. Uh, they never talk about. I guess maybe they do talk about China and U.S. relations a little bit because they're talking about how macro could impact them in a way, but but it's not really. See, at the but something like that
1: also impacts all the other car manufacturers. So, so exactly. that's partly why I think they 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 don't focus on things that are considered widespread threats, right? In many respects, right? right. They're not
3: Tesla um, specific. Well, yeah. I think Tesla has uh, outsized presence in China compared to other. Mm, U.S.-based manufacturers, at least. Yeah. At the moment, Um, at least. If you look at uh, the capacity of factories, uh, China is more than half, right?
0: Yeah. I'm looking through the comments to see if there's anything else... Um uh due to fast growth tesla could spread itself too thin with worldwide resources feedback from fringes roll out the speed of feedback loop with new human capital yeah we kind of have this covered a little bit um uh, under this one uh tesla loses mission focus as they get larger the yeah. culture maintaining tesla speed hurts right so i think it's a great one julio but i think we do have yeah. it uh, covered yeah um, And and again i think yeah we did it goes back sorry go ahead cuba
3: uh, sorry, Andreas. So we didn't talk anything about ESG, but I think it's it's been prominently oh, yeah. discussed before, right? So I I think it's clear to everybody. But you you put it possibly from the comments, right?
0: That's exactly right. Yeah, somebody dropped it, and that's exa- so this this we're talking about how ESG masquerades. It, you know, basically, um, what's interesting about ESG is that it's it's a primarily a uh, like a I guess a funding resource or a uh, a mechanism that would allow Tesla to be become either investable or be able to borrow money, but in a world where um, Tesla is self sustaining from a cash perspective, like outside of it, like how how would it truly impact Tesla? You know, like it, maybe in the when the, if they need to borrow money, they might be in a really tough situation. But um, I do think it's a le- or legitimate. Or maybe threat. You
3: know, maybe they will be. Maybe they, uh, I don't know government and any big corporations will not buy Tesla cars, for example. Yeah, because they are not ESG compliant.
0: Mm-hmm. Could be a long-term issue. I'll flesh this out a little bit after uh, after the the stream, but okay. Um, anything else? Weaknesses, threats. Five. Hmm. Should we Grashing put some of background music? <laughs> Let's see. We'll do some of this. See if we can. Uh, I wish I had like that dan dan dan. What's that one? <laughs> the Jeopardy song or whatever. Um, Just grab a okay. guitar, or so and yeah, right. See what you can come up with. Okay. Um. All right, I think we did pretty good here. So we're, we're an hour into the stream. Do we want to uh, pick one or two of these, like you said, Andreas, and see if we can um, debate them a little bit? Do we want to save that for a different discussion? How are you guys feeling from a um, from a capacity perspective? Are you guys comfortable or?
3: We can try, although I feel like it, this exercise has already been quite taxing intellectually, yeah. so I'm not sure if we'll be able to do, do the exercise justice. To be honest, maybe maybe let's take
1: one, let's take one and try, right? Okay, just to see, just to get a feel since we're in it. I agree it has been quite taxing, but maybe maybe let's give one a shot,
0: just one.
3: Yeah, Okay.
0: Which one which one would you like to discuss? Kuba, Yeah.
1: preference?
3: Got no preference, really. Uh, Maybe what which one was the most surprising to you guys?
0: So I know the, the PR one's is always a point of discussion. And in the comments section, if you guys want us to uh, discuss one, drop it down on the on the comments. So we're going to try to pick one of the weaknesses and threats that uh, came up, even opportunities, I guess. But let's see if we can do a weakness and threat to have a debate and see just how how big of a opportunity or threat it is. Uh, how, and how about unionization? We discussed that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts about well, this one.
3: Why? why is that a threat for you guys? Because its uh, I think it might be, it's very interesting that we now have views from very different parts of the world.
0: Yes, true. For those that don't know in the comments, so I, I'm in the US, Andreas is in South Africa and Cuba is in uh, Poland, right? Cuba? did I get that right? Yeah. Pretty sure it's Poland. Yes. Yeah. And uh, obviously we come from very different backgrounds and different, you know, we're we're uh familiar with different types of governments i'll kick it off because i i'm actually um i I've, I've i've made videos about this specifically i think unions are uh uh they they minimize uh at the core they minimize innovation because for unions to work in the states they have to have very rigid and very uh specific type of um a uh Uh, Again, a construct around how people work. Ie, you know, people are are they can't really switch jobs or switch roles within the job because the union says, well, you shouldn't be doing that because someone else is responsible for that, and if you do that, we can't track your progress, and we need to be able to track your progress so we can pay you fairly, so on and so forth. And it generates sort of this um, this culture at the workplace of minimizing work and maximizing how much you make, and you don't really have an incentive to go over beyond you know over and beyond what your role is to really make an impact for the company because the union says well don't do that you know don't do that that's not your job we don't want to do that we want to just fo- have you focus specifically on what you have to do so that we can pay you fairly and so on and so forth so it's it's very anti innovation in a way for innovation to happen at companies i believe you need to have a very open and free flowing workplace where anybody from any background can come in and propose ideas and work on, work on things. And that's how you make innovation happen. You can't just have one person focus on one thing because they get burnt out and you need ideas to float around. So I think uh, if unions were to, say, start driving the Tesla mission, then um, it would Tesla would stop innovating like hardcore. They would They would not be able to innovate. They would not be able to change nearly as fast as they should because the union would come in and say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're going too fast. We're not able to track the, the the you know the productivity of the workforce, and then they'll call for a strike, you know. Yeah. So that's how I think about unions. So so for that, I think, uh, it, for, from my perspective,
1: it's it's I absolutely agree, and it's 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 um, it doesn't require a, a big leap of 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 logic to, to to establish the counterproductiveness of unions. The question is what is the probability or under what conditions would Tesla unionize, right? And so it would be interesting to explore that path. And and like, so for example, mm. maybe maybe the Biden administration is upset with uh, Tesla for some reason. Uh, NHTSA is also a bit upset. We've got the Tesla FUD uh, campaign going on. And there's a coordinated effort to really, push unionization at the Fremont factory somehow, right? Mm. And they kind of get their way um, in one factory, in one area. Um, now, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to paint a, a cr- more credible way of how that would happen, and you might have perspectives. But if it happens in one factory, it could spread then, right? It could spread to Austin, uh, to Berlin, um, and uh, I, I don't know what, china would be like but but it, it could then start uh yeah it, it could start becoming entrenched and then all the downsides that you're um outlining start becoming prevalent right yeah that i that's what i'm curious to like what other mechanisms that could make unionization
0: actually happen um i think in california specifically california tends to be very um um like I could see a world where California becomes uh, sort of like a quasi, maybe like a Germany type place. Like I think Germany, doesn't every company over a certain size require to have like a union on its board or something? Is I might be incorrect, but are most, don't they have union leaders that's, at most of yeah, these? Yeah, that's what
3: I was going to say, that I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if there's already some unionization going in Giga Berlin from what I know about Germany. Hope Maybe we have somebody in the...
0: I saw I Tesla fix in the comments. Who
3: can, who can tell us? Yeah.
0: Yeah, if Jan is if, on. If the
3: unionization starts, it will start in Germany, I think, for Tesla.
0: Yeah. So he said, yes, that's correct. So, and then yeah. correct us if we're wrong, uh, Jan, but does uh, what happened to my, my mouse is going crazy right now? Um, so does Tesla already have a union in Giga Berlin? Uh, I'm guessing that's what the yes is for. Uh, so I could see that. I could see maybe California. Uh, I could jump on the call. Yeah, sure. Let's have you on, Jan, for uh, help us understand the the thing the real quick. The dynamics there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I could... Um, here, let me stop sharing my screen. How do I work technology again? There we go. Um, I could see California becoming a place where they essentially force Fremont to s- somehow unionize in a way, or uh, the conditions around that um, factory... I don't know, to somehow introduce a union, uh, depending on where the state is going as far as like labor rights and whatever they decide those things are Uh, that I don't see that happening in Texas at all. I see the I I don't ever see the Texas factory unionizing unless uh, there is a dramatic shift in politics in the state and the type of people that live here. Um, But it could very well happen in California. It could happen. Uh, if Tesla decides to open a facility in, say, Toronto, I know Canada usually mirrors how California functions from from a sort of labor perspective and a company perspective um, overseas as well. Uh, but, yeah, it, it could happen in California. It could very well. And then tried. They tried before, you know. They tried, but they failed. So, but who knows? They could succeed later. I don't know. Especially as the company grows. And we talked about that sort of… Um, Especially if Tesla loses its focus and somebody in the comment section said if um, the only way they would unionize if if you know the workers are not being treated right at the factory, that could happen with uh, as Tesla gets bigger and they and they lose track of the mission and treating their workers correctly, you know, that very well could happen. Yeah. How's Yan doing? Possibly not
3: in China, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't see
0: China unionizing. Jan, I just sent you the uh, the link for you to jump on. So Jan's going to uh, jump on and he's going to help us understand the the union um, situation in Germany a little bit, as it pertains directly with uh, Tesla. And then we're currently debating to see how legitimate of a uh, situation it is that Tesla is, uh, uh becomes uh, unionized over time, and that reduces the innovation capability of the company and its speed of change, so on and so forth.
3: While we wait for Jan, I have some interesting tidbit for you, some insider information about Giga Berlin. I don't think it's public knowledge yet that they started producing the long-range variants of Model Y. And I know because I had a test drive uh, over the weekend in the Model Y, and it was a long range from Berlin. Wow! And it was uh, it was really really well put together. I was surprised. I, I I was trying to find any faults with it, but it was it, it was impeccable as far as I could tell wow. during the weekend.
1: Wow! Breaking that's news! Proper firsthand yeah. information. Have you let Rob B- Malin know?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. You should start Cuba daily. <laughs>
1: oh, you sh- you should definitely let Rob know. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, so you've not okay. heard about it because I was not sure if if, if it's because it was clear that they started with performance models yeah. and long ranges to follow soon. But it seems that it started. Possibly they only, you know, register them for Tesla themselves, just for test drives for now, but maybe they will start shipping them soon as well.
0: And you, you test drove this in, in Poland, the, the long range yeah, Model yeah. Y. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In
3: and this in the, in the, the only service center that we have in Warsaw.
0: Okay. And, and you're 100% it's from Berlin because of the, the VIN or whatever you were able to. Identify. Yeah, yeah, okay.
3: yeah. The, that's oh. what the, the, the rep told me. And it also there was this parcel shelf that they only went in, in Berlin.
0: Is that uh, tied any, in any way to the sort of news around BYD starting to supply batteries to Giga Berlin? Is that somehow tied mm-hmm. together? or Is that a different a different thing? I
3: don't know. Not okay. sure what sort of battery it had. I possibly not BYD because the capacity would be smaller. Hello. Okay.
0: Hi, everybody. Jan, your hair is looking great today, my friend. Thanks. What's going on over there? <laughs> that,
3: that's yeah, why we I'm had not... to wait for him. Yeah, I
4: know. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: had yeah, to put was, gel on his hair. He was the
4: barbershop. No, uh, no, it's just because just, I don't have the big headphones. That's why my, my hair uh, is more visible, I, see. I think. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> are pretty a soft on your end. So maybe, let me see. Uh, go ahead, say something real quick, Jan. One, two, one, two, test, test, one, two. Okay, that's better. I'll keep you there. Okay. Um, For those that are not aware, Jan runs his own YouTube channel, Tesla Fix. Go check it out. Go subscribe. He uh, talks about Tesla from a German's perspective, and he does a really good job. Uh, So big props to Jan. So Jan, we're talking about unions and how that could be a threat to Tesla from a Innovation, uh, speed of change, perspective, ability to maintain its its culture and mission, mm-hmm. and we're discussing to see if it if it's the likelihood of a unionization becoming more prevalent in Tesla, and you know also like how it would affect it. We kind of discussed that a little bit, but you have experience about mm-hmm. uh, Tesla and unions and the German culture, which is, uh, from my understanding from our discussions, very pro union and. So, yeah, so I'll let you riff from here because you're very good at talking. So go for it.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you have to understand that um, the system in Germany, we have a social economy. That, that's a little bit different from the from the economy in the U.S., for example. So um, social ideas are very important in the companies and also like, like uh, treat your workers right, pay them well. So everything is very regulated in Germany, as we know. Uh, so so that's why they they uh, secure security and and securing everything is a huge uh, deal in Germany and taking risks is not really a culture thing that we do here so so um that's why the unions are always um on the table more or less in every company that's that gets bigger um so, to a certain extent, if if a company has more and more workers, I, I don't really know the number exactly, but um, then the unions get more or less relevant. And also we have the IG metal, um, which is a huge union that um, also is uh, very influential in the in the um, yeah and the payment um, of the of the different companies. And it's more or less like this. If you have, for example, Mercedes and they pay um, this amount of money, which was uh, regulated with the or, or um, um, uh, not regulated, but uh, uh, these or, or discussed with the union, then uh, then they, for example, if Tesla pays less than that, then Mercedes pays, for example, then the unions will start to pressure. Workers also in in the company uh, like Tesla to build a, to to um, build a union there and to uh, to to get fair uh, fair share of of the pie because other companies pay more, but if Tesla pays well, then this shouldn't be as much of a problem. So so if they are more independent, more or less, they they if the workers are um, very um, content and they like their job there, then there shouldn't uh, not be a problem, but. Uh, it's not like in the US, like Amazon, for example, that, that really blocks unions. You cannot do that in Germany. That's absolutely a no-go. You cannot do that. It, um, we have very strict laws against something like that. For example, Amazon has videos where they say, oh, if if you see people talking on the hallway, uh Please be careful that they don't form unions for their managers. You, you can't you, you, you can't
0: block in the thing. U.S. as well. Yeah, it's illegal to yeah. block unionization in the U.S. It's just uh, yeah, but but you they, know, some, but, but, the, yeah.
4: but the topic in the U.S. unions are, are seen more are are not as common as in Germany. In Germany, it's very embedded into the system, so True. you won't True. get 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 you you have to. Uh, Unions will be always a thing. It, it, you cannot really build a business in Germany without in, in that size without union uh, influence, more or less. But if you pay your workers well and everything works just fine and the w- workers are content then, and happy, then you you won't have a problem. So, and I don't believe that that um, many people want to really or have a problem with with the working conditions uh, conditions there. Yeah, yeah. So as, the as far as, as I've heard,
1: if I can
3: ask so, you, young, to g- you culture.
1: Watch. go ahead, Kuba. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: My internet might be dying, so just tell me if I'm uh, not clear. But unions as a threat to Tesla culture in Germany are not that big a deal as in the U.S., you would think? I don't know if you've heard far Farzad's point on that. Because uh, I understand um, that in Germany maybe they'll focus more on the on the pay, etc., just making sure mm-hmm. that everybody gets a fair compensation, but not on this like strict division of the work, etc. Yeah, um,
4: I, I think it's a timing thing. Um, the longer the company is uh, moving, and uh, the the more the danger gets, because um, people get used to their pay grade and people get used to everything, and then after a while, um, um. But but you have to imagine if, if a company really does bad stuff, for example, we have huge systemic problems with our railway system, for example. That's why they have uh, more um, also strikes there in that regard. Or if workers really have a huge problem, then, they, then the unions say, you got go to go on a strike. And they really uh, do that and organize that also. So our strikes are also organized by the unions. And they just say, OK, for two days, we don't work on the on the railway, for example. And then everything stops for one day and then they renegotiate their contracts and then everything is fine again. And they always do that in the circle of around four years or something. But um, that's only if you if, if there's very much a, a huge pressure. And I could see a problem with the with the overtime, with the with the pushing to deadline stuff. If, if Tesla pushes mm-hmm. too hard on the workers in Germany, that's not a good, good thing they should do. They should always uh, find different workers that could jump in to, to uh, um, take off the pressure. Um, you have to be a little bit more social focused in Germany. It's very important to, to have a balance. But this could be a problem. If Tesla is pushing too hard to the workers and some workers uh, are not used to that, that, that could be a problem in the long run, I would say, because then they have to renegotiate um, contracts all the time. Uh, for example, there was a problem that the workers that went um, to the comp, uh, to Tesla at first, they had a, a pay grade, a special pay grade, or, or their pay grade that they had. And the newer ones that came had a, a higher pay grade. And Something like that is very problematic in Germany. You have to adapt then and the, the pay rate of every worker because they're doing the same job for a different price, and that's a problem. And um, many companies just used, uh, use uh, third-party contractors, for example, to avoid something like that because then they can just say, okay, oh, your contract is done, You 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 can go now, and then they avoid this problem. So they have a system to avoid something like that a little bit so so there are some some tricks that you can do as a company more or less but but it um, yeah th- th- something like that is a problem so so um, just uh, equality is very important equal pay equal equal rights equal everything like that is very important so if if uh, tesla is uh, Paying the same worker on the same line, different pay grades—that would be a problem uh, on the long run. So, so they—that's th- something they need to learn, I think. Um, so, but they can adapt, I think. Uh, I, I think on the long run, it shouldn't be as much as a problem. Um,
1: yeah, Jan, yeah, if if I may yeah. put a different take mm-hmm. on this, based on what you said yeah. earlier, mm-hmm. Let, let's say, you know, Giga Balloon ramps up, reaches steady state. Um, and starts achieving fantastic margins, right? There's more automation, there's great processes, Mm -hmm. and they've got amazing margins. And they can actually start paying their workers a lot more than VW or BMW can, right? Mm -hmm. Because the system that you've described become a big problem for the other German manufacturers, where if Tesla's paying premium rates, it's going to put them at a big disadvantage now because they are forced, they already have... Bad margins, and they are forced <laughs> now to make them worse.
4: Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, that could be a problem because uh, the industry, uh, so so the the IG Metall, so the the workers councils on the in the companies, for example, or or IG Metall, for example, the the union, um, like a huge union in Germany, um, they really look at the market. If if somebody pays better and uh, workers are m- much more happier, then they start to. Push in the other companies more the, to get more, uh, um, yeah, leverage there. So, so they always use that, of course.
3: Yeah, I, I can see nice that. Nice Trojan horse that. strategy, Andras. Yeah.
0: I was going to yeah. say, yeah, <laughs> interesting, huh? Yeah, it's
4: it's it's complicated because from an American perspective, it's it, it looks it's so different. It's very strange to see that because I, I could see one problem if if Tesla would auto automate, for example, very many processes more and more let's say in 10 years or 15 years. So they have automated um, many things and they um, all their workers more or less become obsolete or more and more workers become obsolete. That is a huge problem, getting rid of workers that have a contract directly with Tesla. If they are third-party contractors, it's no problem. That's why they implemented the system so they get more flexibility with workers, um, especially in the meat um, industry where they um, produce meat uh, there are very harsh contracts uh, where uh, like it's like almost slavery, Some even in Germany, but uh, that's a different topic. They, they are from different countries in Europe that just work in Germany for a certain time. They don't know the system. That's why they are a little bit screwed. And um, they're just third party contractors. We, we have no influence on them. So that's how they shield themselves. So this system is always uh, also in place. But, um Directly, if, if somebody has a direct contract with Tesla, it's ha- very hard to get rid of them because in Germany we have harsh uh, um, uh, workers' rights, um, very strong Do you workers' have some rights.
3: Yeah. First-hand info: Over Giga Berlin and Giga Berlin, they employ directly or they use contractors. Do you know?
4: No, I don't really know about that, but but I think they 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 employ directly and some contractors. I don't know. I don't know the number. I'm I'm not sure, but ma- maybe it's somebody a mix. knows. I'm, yeah, it's a mix, I think, um, because yeah. it, it depends on if it's low low, uh, low labor, more or less, or not so complicated labor, it's oftentimes third party, but if it's um, a little bit more complicated than it's uh, directly, and um, they also want to have hold their workers, I think the first workers will be, the, the majority will be, have contracts with Tesla, I think, um, but that could be in the long run a problem. That's why Herbert Diess, for example, was kicked out of BW, for example, because he said in 2030, uh, if we doing uh, if we keep this pace that we are doing it right now, we're gonna have to get rid of 20,000 workers in Wolfsburg 2030. And the workers' council was, uh, excuse me, what did you just say? And so they were not content, and they have a huge say in VW. Also, they and then they started. I, that's not 100 percent sure, but that's what I think. In my opinion, that what was happening. I have to clear that, verify that. But um, yeah, so. This is a problem. Um, you don't fire people in Germany as easy. You have to, it, it has to be a long process and the politics always the politics get involved very fast because we have a social economy that's very tied with politics. So it's very, um, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, just that,
4: an overview. Yeah.
0: That's, that's really helpful. Hit. That's extremely helpful. I think the, the, the point that sticks out to me is uh, within Germany uh, is the rate of, Acceleration of automation and AI potentially displacing or minimizing the number of jobs that Tesla would hire for their operations could be a big uh, red flag for the unions there that Mm -hmm. says, hey, manufacturer, how come you're only hiring, you know, how come you are letting go of or only hiring a fraction of the percentage of workers that BMW or Mercedes or somebody else is hiring you are you know i don't know could that be a situation where they're just like you're automating too much or am i not thinking about this right
4: um i wouldn't say that i i I never heard of a scenario that got into that direction but um you have to to see that um it's just way slower to get rid of workers so um the problem is tesla has to ramp up they don't they, not every process is automated, so they need workers, for example. And then they um, just ramp everything up. I, I hope they use third-party contractors because then it's not as a, much of a problem. To, to if, if the contract is done and everything is automated again, or, or uh, the no the ramp uh, went well and everything is fine, then they could uh, shift the workers away again and automate more. But, but um, in Germany, everything is just a little bit slower in that regard. So you can get rid of or you can um, like fire people, but very slow and it's very complicated. And people can also sue the company, for example, if it's not legitimized it. to stuff like that. Yeah.
0: But in a so, world where so the Berlin staffing uh, model right now, say they have, I don't know, say they're at uh, t- 2,000 workers, 3,000 workers. I don't know what the number is. They should say 3,000 workers. I think
4: workers. it's more. It's, I think yeah, 5, around 000? I think five. I think five or okay. more. Let's use I'm five thousand. Sure. Yeah.
0: But in a world where Berlin has five thousand and they're uh, you know, their built out capacity right now, let's call it two hundred thousand cars a year. Let's say they mm-hmm. haven't reached half a million. They're able to reach half a million through automation with five thousand. Then they can reach ten uh, a million. Then they can reach, I don't know, one point five million as automation and robotics and mm-hmm. all this stuff advances. That's not necessarily gonna trigger a, uh, a red flag to the unions that says, "Hey, this company is not um, hiring enough people or are being unfair to the labor force." As long as they're not firing people, yeah. it's yeah. not going to be an issue. Okay, Got I, I so don't
4: think helpful. so. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no you, I don't think so. Because innovation yeah. is innovation. You, you cannot stop that. Yeah. And, and every politician would agree. That would be very anti-German, German,
1: right? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And and so you can see, uh, yeah, the, the the scenario where there's a core group of people around the existing ramp up to half a million, let's say. But because Tesla is going to continue expanding the factory to a million, one and a half million, they can build in efficiencies, but still use this core group of people to do the additional half a million, and and maybe even need some more. But they, you know, they don't need to double. They they can, yeah. And as long as I think they can they they've got they can continue to expand that factory, it they can build in the efficiencies in terms of cars yeah. per person, but um, uh, without needing to re- to retrench anyone yeah
4: yeah and okay. and I wanted to add one thing there um that is also maybe helpful uh, for this discussion is that um, Tesla wouldn't have made it this far if it was founded in Germany. I have to Say that very directly. So, um, because it's like um, agility, the agility is um, is not as uh, ger- germ- to to make a company agile here is very com- it's very hard to do because of all the regulations. But the advantage that Tesla has now is they can uh, they can innovate in America, they can innovate in China, and then they can take these innovations and put them into the German system before they reach this critical mass of of massive workforce a massive workforce so they 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 will reach a saturation point i think with technology and workers so they they don't have to fire people maybe um because they want to ramp to two, 20 million yep. cars uh, so <laughs> if you yep. need a lot of workers so
2: yep. so
4: that's right. that um i think i think it, it, it looks good in, in that constellation because they innovate in different countries but not in Germany, in Germany, it's it's good for processes, for example, for efficiency on the line, for example. That's something that that German engineers can bring to the table, and um, also if they adapt a little bit, maybe they can bring new ideas. Also, Germans are very innovative. I, I have to say that. Also, there that's not like only in the U.S. there's innovation or only in China, but. Um, uh, German is very good at quality control and 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 stuff like that. So so they can bring innovation there also or efficiency on the table. But um, yeah, but but the core innovation of AI and stuff like that will happen in the US, and this will be exported to Germany or imported to Germany to to the factories there. So I think um, this shouldn't be a, an issue on the long run. Um, yeah, the innovation yeah. and. Um, so
1: Jan how easy is it to fire people in Germany due to non performance um because i think the case seems quite clear that tesla is, is that that the current workforce the numbers at least are going to be safe you, you you know you'll need the numbers and maybe even more but the question is if if they they've hired too quickly and they don't quite have uh the the, the level of skill that they need for the longer term and they need to go through a Uh, An exercise of improving the quality of the workforce. What 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 does the law make provision for there?
4: It's like that. Um, you have to imagine the German government gives a lot of money because we have the the like nearly every person in Germany pays more or less thirty percent tax or forty percent tax and um or even more forty five percent tax for example. So there's a lot of tax money in inside of the the German German system. They have a lot of cash and or or money and they use the money to incentivize um um, for example they, they incentivize um stuff like uh if you want to expand your factory for example the battery um the battery factory because tesla wanted to build a battery factory there they had a um they got money from the european union for example also and and stuff like that happens but in germany it's like this they give you money or they help you to grow the company, but they also demand that you are careful with firing people, for example, that, that so that's, a, that's a thing, the thing How the system works. They secure their workforce in the country. So um, the social structure doesn't collapse. That that's why they, they need the, also, they need the workers because they pay taxes. That's also a thing. So, so they like companies that have a huge workforce, for example, because yeah. they all pay taxes and, but but the thing is, uh, to get onto your uh, question, because um, I'm just <laughs> swifting around a little bit, as always. <laughs> uh, so German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, it's like that, that um, you. Okay, I have to rethink.
0: Okay, How hard yeah, is it to fire I'm... people? Yeah, yeah,
4: for, okay, for non, okay. non-performance.
1: So, so for non-performance. if you ask the standard okay. so, and, and yeah, can, can you replace the workforce for non-performance or a Porsche? Obviously, you, you can't do
4: that, but but uh, it's more or less like this: you have three strikes. Yeah, you have three yeah. strikes, and um, it's and you need really legitimate reasons. If you yeah. if you have wishy-washy reasons, right. uh, you have to say, look, he didn't show up to work on yeah. that, that, and that day. Then you have a review with your worker, and
0: uh we think about that contract. Ah, yeah yeah
4: okay okay yeah that's right you you if, if your contract is fresh yeah. then it's easy because you have a, a time for example half a year or three months for example they're on on pro, what is it uh called probation
1: no, a prob- probationary yeah. yeah probation yeah. period yeah. yes
4: then it's very easy to fire people yeah. in the first year and uh, that's why you don't get long-term contracts more or less because uh, they want that this flexibility to fire people that's, that's correct. Yeah. What the, what yeah. the, that's it it the sounds yeah. it
1: sounds similar to South Africa, actually, um, mm-hmm. because okay. we have the same thing. There's a three-month probationary period. And then, um, you, the, you know, non-performance, it's very onerous to prove non-performance. And as an employer, you have to be very thorough. And you, you also need three strikes. And as you say, you have to be very mm-hmm. objective about um, that the expectations of performance are very clear, measurable, mm-hmm. And a very clear uh, process, and and you also have to demonstrate that you've supported the employee, right? You got to you got to show that you've done this in the spirit of of improvement, right?
4: Yeah, that's we cool. talked to him three times, yeah. but he didn't uh, react, and uh, so yeah, that's similar. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's like that. Huh?
0: Yeah, what's interesting about the states is that that sort of structure is different state to state. So, for example, and ah, yeah. hmm. when we're in Pennsylvania. You didn't really have to give notice you can just you know you have somebody on for a year you'd be like thank you very much you know the nice thing to do <laughs> would be to give you know be like hey here's a here is a severance or whatever but you could basically you know lay off folks it was a right to work i think it was called it was a right to work state california it's very different california you have to um Uh, give severance and there's like a bunch of different you know things that you have to do to ensure that that doesn't happen now companies uh in general especially larger companies are you know they try to be as fair as possible so they you know they give you know your your warnings you know your your verbal warnings your written warnings so on and so forth so it's very similar in that structure the larger the company gets Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's very different state to state uh, it's, it's definitely a, f- a fascinating discussion. So if we think about the, uh, to try to close out this discussion here, so as it pertains to unions, do we think that it's a threat based on everything that we've talked about? I know Cuba had to drop off, but do we think there's still a threat for Tesla, uh, a for them to take over and B for them to actually, uh, become a threat? So slow down the company in any way, become uh, hurtful, any, any thoughts there? F- Fossad, may
1: i offer a comment because i do need to drop off and and if if i so, may yeah, just please. offer a comment it, it sounds to me that within the german context it's less of a threat for that matter because it sounds like there's an established unionized process that's very much based on principles of fairness and, and so on and it's it's less driven about uh, around um overly dominant unionized agendas it's it's just trying to ensure there's a balance and and fairness and it sounds like that's kind of in place already. So, and and that Tesla is growing and operating within those parameters. And so, it seems to me the chances that that would get destabilized or move to some unproductive extreme is is highly unlikely or unfeasible. So, it sounds like a a healthy balance is already kind of in play. That's unlikely to be disrupted, um, unlike the potential
0: situation in the U.S. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I would I would yeah. have to agree with that. I would have to agree with that. Um, I, I do. There is a uh, there is a uh, Jonathan here. I want to give a shout out. So protecting and giving workers rights is an anti innovation. Unions aren't the threat. They are good for workers. A hundred percent agreed. A hundred percent agreed. The problem is, is that at least from my experience in the United States, uh, they, the unions, from my experience, uh, that's what they market, but that's not what they actually do. Right. Um, and I, we can have a, a two three hour long discussion about this because there's different unions and different unions operate differently. Uh, it, it all depends about the incentives that the I- unions are creating in those workplaces and how that impacts the company's ability to execute against their plans, especially if the company is built around a culture of really fast moving innovation um, and especially if they take care of their workers. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the the thought process becomes what sort of um, uh, forcing function the union will create once they exist. Right. And the discussion around this is, okay, how does this impact Tesla? My argument is, is if 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 Tesla does become unionized, A, that means that Tesla has stopped taking care of its workers. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then B, once the union takes hold, they'll, quote unquote, start taking care of their workers, in my opinion, but the ability to t- for Tesla to be as fast as they were uh, essentially becomes obsolete. Like, forget about it. That facility is not going to move as fast as it used to. It's just not going to happen. Unions do not cultivate that sort of culture. Um, Gentlemen, my mind opinion. Drop off, please, uh, please at do, yeah, state. please do, Andreas. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. much. Thanks, Andreas. Nice bye, bye. Great, Great yeah, to meet you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Take thank care. you, Andreas. Great
4: to meet you too. Bye.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I
4: just wanted but yeah. to add something Please um, do. Just one thing. Yeah. One thing. Um, I have to clarify something. So we have unions in the worker council. Worker councils are inside of the company, and unions are more or less outside of the company. and That's very important. Mm-hmm. But some people, uh, some workers in the company are union uh, um, members. For example, mm-hmm. for, for example, for, from from the outside, from the union, from the outside, from the IG metal for example. So that's important to see that. But uh, for example, VW, they they. Made a work, or they have a workers' council to uh, have somebody represent the workers inside of the company to see their demands. Then they discuss everything. So that, that's a good idea how to deal with it because the union itself doesn't really see inside of the company, and that's uh, a problem. If 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 they just say ah more more wage, but they don't see the macro um, strategy of the company. But the workers' council will see the macro strategy, so they can adapt. And and um, I think something like that would be very helpful at Tesla, also because if the workers are working good together, they are content, they like their job, then they won't put uh, their foot on the brake pads or something like that. Right. So,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, so that
4: should be a strategy that Tesla also should do. Like in Germany, it makes se- it really makes sense,
0: especially yeah, at Tesla yeah. and. And you can also make an argument also makes sense in the US too. Like, you know, the the fact that I go back to my original point, like, unions exist because companies weren't taking care of their workers. That's the only Mm -hmm. reason why unions exist in the first place is companies were treating their workers extremely poorly. And unions arose out of a need to ensure that workers got proper rights, right. But in a in an environment where companies are uh, by and large, I would argue doing a a decent job at that. Of course, there's a lot of folks out there that aren't. Um, but in an environment where companies are doing a great job, what is the function of a union, right? Uh, and just yeah. having a union for union's sake, uh, <laughs> I would argue is like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But um, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Jan. This, uh, we got you in as the ringer for the German perspective as always. Uh, thank <laughs> yeah, you very I've, much for I've doing Yeah, I've heard
4: that. You, you were talking about the German stuff and I'm like, also oh, because yeah. oh, I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's a little bit different. The type yeah, of the yeah.
0: I love it. No, yeah. I love it. And, and I really appreciate yeah. your uh, viewpoint. And of course, in the comments section, I, I always find that the uh, the discussions around these community forums are super respectful by and large, and we're very open to opposing ideas. This is why we're doing these things in the first place. This whole panel turned into, let's talk about the bear thesis the whole time, and we try to become Tesla bears for an hour and a half. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's this is the lovely thing about this community. But um, thank you for coming on, Jan, and, and being our ringer. Hans, Kuba, and Andreas, who we've all lost <laughs> on this forum because yeah. they've had different Sadly, things going yeah. on. Yeah, but thank you all very much for joining as well. Thank you everybody in the in the comments section for being part of the discussion. Uh, here's the link to the document that I've put together, which uh, collects all the uh, collected all the different points that we've talked about. Anyone with the link can view, and we'll do that to make sure nobody deletes everything by accident. Uh, So here's the link to the document, to the Word document that you can view on your computer. We've started creating a a SWOT uh, exercise, which is Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. Uh, And we focus very hard on coming up with weaknesses and threats that Tesla could face uh, because we feel that the Tesla bears are focusing on the wrong things uh, and let's be objective about what are the real threats and weaknesses for tesla and the reason why the strength section is empty is because all of us in our sleep could rattle off a hundred of them right so it's not because we feel there's no strengths; is that we know what the strengths are we're tesla bulls, right? So we try to do an uh, opposite exercise. Uh, hopefully it is helpful. If anybody has any ideas on how to make that list as easy to access as others, this I I don't own this information. Do whatever with it as you'd like. If, you, if y'all want to use this as a way to create a, uh, I don't know, like a, a website where people can go in and add their ideas or add to that list, please do. Um, and this is just, uh, again, these forums are really a way for, for, all of us to sit down and try to understand where we're going, like what's happening, what's going on in the next couple of years. Uh, and we'll, of course we focus on Tesla and Elon Musk mostly, but that's because they, they, they impact so much of our society nowadays. And it's a good starting point for us to have that discussion. So make sure you check out that, um, that sheet. I'll also share it on Twitter for everybody to see. And yeah, Jan, thank you for jumping on. Thank you for everybody viewing. And if you have any last words, go for it. Plug your channel.
4: Yeah, uh, One question.
0: Oh, where'd you go? Why'd you go dark all of a sudden? Jan, you just went dark. I don't know if you can hear me. Okay, okay. There we go.
4: No, my, my Apple Watch just reacted and started to take my microphone <laughs> away. Okay, go okay. for it. Uh no, I just wanted to add, um because of the ESG discussion, it's very complicated and you were a little bit struggling to to figure out what really was going on with the ESG because it's a complicated topic. I would recommend you hop to my channel, um, to the interview that I did with Alexandra Merz uh Merz, Um she is Tesla Boomer mama, you might might know her. Um just jump to the uh, last uh last quarter, I think, of of the episode, then there she explains it in detail, again, and very short also, so um, you can check that out, because it's about um, regulation that is the problem. If the regulators take these these, um, data points that they implemented in the ESG, which are stupid right now, as it is... um, yeah. It's something about that, but you could check it out. It's in more detailed there. I just wanted to add that.
0: Yeah. Perfect. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. So check that out and check out Jan's channel as well. Tesla fix, go look it up. Uh, I was on this channel twice and we had both discussions were great. The last discussion we had was awesome. I really, really? enjoyed that yeah, discussion.
4: Me too. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was great.
0: Was yeah. yeah. I was, you made me feel so comfortable and I was like, like ranting, Four minutes at a time, and that was fun. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, and you were so close with your thesis. Uh, th- that's what I wanted to <laughs> add there because it's it's so crazy that we are so close to uh, like putting everything into one sentence. Because we, we yeah. crunch the numbers, we look at everything, and and the the thesis is more or less uh, starting to unfold now. It's and and you yeah. you summed it up in the last episode very well. Yeah.
0: Thank you, I appreciate that, man. Uh, and of course, man, your your perspective is always so so valuable to the community. One we missed for a long time, and we finally have with our with our awesome German Tesla uh, a commentary guy with some of the best hair I've ever seen. By the way, so much good hair in the Thank Tesla you. community is crazy. <laughs> uh, Fabrice, I, I just allowed comments, so do feel free to go in and add comments to that sheet as well. Yeah, that's perfect. Um,
4: that's a good idea with the comments. Yeah. Down.
0: For sure. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again next week. We have a lot of good stuff coming on. Next week, for those that are on, we will, uh waiting to confirm, but we're going to have a um, uh, bunch of different folks on the channel. We're going to have uh, people from the Ford Mach-EV vlog. I've invited them over for a Tuesday discussion, just waiting for confirmation, but I do think that's going to happen. We also have uh, Tesla Boomer Mama on Wednesday as well. She's going to be joining us to talk. Yes. Uh, yeah. And again, I, I still need to confirm, but we have had this on the schedule, James Dalma on Thursday. So that should be fun, right? So we're going to pick his brain on a lot of different things, but we'll confirm with him to make sure that's the case. Uh, but he's on the schedule to come. And as we get closer to the date, we'll release that YouTube live. Uh, if it gets moved, it gets moved. No problem. But he is slated to come on the channel. So look out for that. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. And end broadcast.
3: Goodbye.